Today we start a new series, All Things New. Say that back to me. When you start to look at a caterpillar, and I thought about this this morning. When you look at a caterpillar as it inches its way across the earth, maybe up a tree, in the dirt, it's bound by gravity. The caterpillar is bound by gravity, but its destiny is not to be tied to the earth. I want to say that again. It may be in the dirt. It may become a victim for birds. But its destiny is not to grovel around in the dirt. Its destiny is for something far greater. It's not to be bound to the earth, but it's to take wings and fly. So when I say all things new, I see us in that state. Because many of us are in a place where we're, we, we're, we feel like we're in the dirt of life. We feel like we're inching along and we're not making a lot of progress. But I want to answer that today. I believe we can make progress. And I believe we can. Our destiny is not to grovel in the dirt. Our destiny is to take wings and fly. It's to do those things that others said cannot be done. And there's things in God that people will not understand. There's things in God that people will try to come against. But let me tell you, you can't come against what God has said or done. We can't do that. But we like that caterpillar, which the butterfly could be a moth, but I'll speak to the butterfly, had an opportunity to enter the cocoon. We like that butterfly. Have an opportunity to enter into the cocoon of the spirit and take wings and fly into our destiny. We have that ability to do that. When I looked at that this morning, I was doing a little research on, on, on caterpillars and on how they move. Most butterflies or moths stay inside the, the chrysalis or the cocoon for 5 to 21 days. After they're doing their little thing on the earth, for 5 to 21 days they're in the cocoon. Now, if they're in really harsh places like some of us are, has anybody ever felt like you've been in a harsh place? Has anybody ever felt they've been in a difficult place? When I looked at that this morning, some five to 21 days, but if you're in a real harsh environment, you could stay up to three years waiting for rain or good conditions. Three years! In the cocoon. But here's what I would say to you. No matter how long the process. Lewis, you hear this? No matter how long the process, the outcome is flight. Doesn't matter if it's five days, 21 days, or three years. The outcome is flight. The outcome is newness. What do you mean? It's a, a new look. When that butterfly comes forth, it's a new look filled with color, filled with ability, a new look and new sight. What do you mean new sight? Because now they can fly high. I looked one day outside my, my house and I watched a butterfly that was flying hundreds of feet off the ground. 
And I'm thinking, man, look at the sight. We're from the dirt. Now they can see all things. Instead of the dirt, they're seeing the sky. We as Christians, we as the people of God, or we that are searching, we need to realize that we have the ability to look beyond the dirt and see the sky. Look beyond what the world has handed us. Look beyond what we feel like we're, we, we need to come out of and realize there is a place in God that takes us to new levels, new heights, new ability. See, there's, there's talents in you sitting here today. You have talents that you've not explored yet. Creativity that you've not seen yet. Abilities that you've not touched yet. And I believe it's coming. I believe we will see it. I believe that with all my heart. So we get a new look and a new sight. No longer looking at the dirt, but I'm going to see the beauty that God has prepared. So when I look at the word new, all things new, we have to look at God. We have to. Not only our Father God, we have to look at the Lord Jesus Christ, His dear Son. And as I am in my cocoon, and in your cocoon, because that's what we're liking in it too, because we're all in a metamorphosis or change or transition from day to day, from glory to glory, the Bible says, from dimension to dimension. So I'm in my cocoon of process, cocoon of process. Remember that term, cocoon, maybe this whole series, I'll be bearing down on that. The cocoon of process. The cocoon of process, there's something I must do. What is it? Psalms 40, verse 1 in the NIV, New International Version. Psalms 40, verse 1. What do I do while I'm in the cocoon? I wait patiently for the Lord. I can't leave before my time. I can't exert my authority over God's authority. I can't exert my strength over God's strength. I have to wait upon the Lord and see what he wants me to do and how he wants me to do it. Because anything outside of God, I'm risking failure. So I wait patiently for the Lord and he turned to me and he heard my cry. So in the middle of my in the middle of my cocoon of process, I cried out to the Lord, and I've done it before. How many have cried to the Lord before, and he heard your cry? When you understand, I cried out to the Lord, and he said, I hear you, son. I hear you, daughter. Because of our Savior, Jesus Christ, he's been touched with our infirmities. He knows how we feel. He heard my cry. And watch what he does in verse 2. He lifted me out of a slimy pit. Here I am in a slimy pit. I've been groveling around in a slimy pit. Now I'm in a cocoon. And what does he do? He takes me out of a slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, and he set my feet on a rock. What is that rock? Jesus Christ. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. I stand upon Jesus Christ. He puts my feet on the rock and he gave me a first, a firm place to stand. Now, this is the next important part, verse three. And then he put a new song in my mouth. He put a new song in my mouth. I'm gonna say that again because I'm tired of hearing some of the songs. He put a new song in my mouth. You know, people want to sing 
their song, and I better be careful here. As long as things go in your way, you can sing your song. But when it doesn't go your way, then you want to change it. How many people have had relationships like that before? Where you, you set the parameters of the relationship, but over time the relationship starts to change. And now you start making excuses why it's changed. And you start, because it's changing, you don't want any part of it anymore. So the commitment you made to the relationship is over. Does that make sense to y'all? Commitment to the relationship goes beyond what I feel or what I see. I'm going to say this for those that call people friends. The Bible says that if you're a friend, you love at all times. And if you're my friend and I don't understand something you've done, I'm going to go to, I'm going to, go to Butch and say, Butch, I can't believe it. These people are hurting me over here. Is that the right thing to do? No, it's not the right thing to do. If he's my friend, I'm going to go to him and say, I want to talk this over. Let's talk about this for a second. Let's see where we are. The Bible says, come, let us reason together. But he'll put a new song on my mouth. Verse 3, a hymn of praise to our God. And many then, because of that new song, Gerald, because I'm singing something new and different that comes from the Lord, many will see and fear or revere and put their trust in the Lord. Because they've watched me go through the process, the cocoon of process. They've watched me come out of it and singing a new song and not... Some of the things I wanted to sing. So in your personal growth, your spiritual process, as you're in that cocoon, what song, I'm going to ask you this question in this all things new, what kind of song are you singing? Are you singing a sad song or a glad song? A right song or a wrong song? Are you singing a lost song, a lost song or a found song? I once was lost, but now I'm found. Quit, what, quit weighing in on I'm lost. I'm lost. The song says I once was lost, and now I'm found. So am I going to sing the lost song or the hurt? I'm hurt. There's so many people that are hurt, and they're hurt all the time. And they sing it. I've been so hurt. Everybody hurts you. If you notice, there are people like that. Everybody hurts them. So I've got a question, is it me or is it them? But they sing that sad song, that hurt song. Or they sing the lonely song. And the reason you're lonely is because of your own attitude. Have you ever said that about somebody? I don't want to hang out with them because they bring me down. It's according to what kind of song you're singing. You say, well, it doesn't really matter. Well, if that song doesn't give glory to God, we have a problem. The lonely song, or that song, nobody loves me song. No faith song. I've been done wrong song. Who is your, who is your song glorifying? I'm going to ask you that. If you're singing a song with your actions, with your attitudes, and we call ourselves Christians, I don't think there's, if you're, if you're a sinner in here today, we're all sinners saved by grace. But I believe we all kind of believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
That's the only criteria for salvation is believing on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. What song are you singing that gives glory to God? If it doesn't bring glory and honor to God, then today you need a new song. If you're not happy, you need a new song. So you can say all things are new. I was looking at the definition of new. It may apply to what is freshly made and unused or has not been known before, not experienced before. So that's what I'm talking about. I want all things to be made new in your life, something you've not experienced before. Because if you've experienced before, it's not new. Or it's, almost with that definition, having recently come into existence. That's new. What do you mean by that, Bishop? Give me a little more. Okay, let's do it. New doesn't mean covering up the old. Let's put a cover on that. Let's put on a facade on top of that old thing. So nobody can see the old thing because we've got this little facade on it and it's Really, the facade is terrible. I mean, not the facade, but the, the structure underneath it and that which is behind it is terrible. It's horrible. It's like, uh, I think Steve puts on film on cars, and it makes it look new. But the truth of the matter is, if it's rusted underneath, it's still rusted. We can put on a skin making it look new, but it's still the same old car with a new skin. That's not new. That's a lie. It doesn't mean covering it up. It doesn't mean taking it and making it something that it's not. It has to be something that we've not experienced before. That we've not been a part of before. New will never watch this. We need a new thing and a fresh initiative. A new thing will bring fresh initiative. New will never take effect. This thing that I talk about as being the newness of life will never take effect or have an effect in your life if we, we keep looking at pictures of the old negative things in your past. You keep on bringing those pictures out in your mind. <laughs> that was me 10 years ago. Do you know what I was doing 10 years ago? Oh, it was horrible. And you keep bringing it up. This is me 10 years ago. This is me five years ago. This is me 20 years ago. This is what I did. Pastor Kenny did this. You realize you did that. You see that picture? There's no way you can be new and sing a new song looking at old photographs. Because all that does is place within you a picture of your past. How many of you would like your past to be gone? Then throw away your Polaroid. Throw away those things that you, you keep snapshotting. That you don't need to remember. Because when you look at those pictures in your mind, if you're hearing what I'm saying today, you're reminding yourself of how it was instead of how it can be. How it was instead of what it can be. Quit looking at your future through the old lens of the past. We keep looking through our to our future through an old lens, and that lens is clouded 
by things we've done, old experiences, old relationships, old attitudes, and we can't do that. I say, as a pastor, as your friend, it's time for us to throw away the old lens. Get a new lens. All things new. So you'll see new things. Did you know you can take a telescope that's powerful and you can see things from your house that you never thought was there? You can actually see things. You get up on a high mountain, you can, you can look out and say, well, that looks pretty good. But when you get up there with a the proper telescope, you'll be able to see things that you never thought was there. You'll see people moving and cars going that you never thought. Because the lens. Some of us need to change our lens. Get a new lens. See life differently. A new perspective. A new initiative. Isaiah 43 verse 18 and 19 in the NIV. Forget the former things. What does that indicate to you? Forget the past. Take the photograph of the past and who you were and get rid of it. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Is there anybody here that when they get angry, they always bring up the past? Oh, I got a hand going up. I know people that when they get angry, they're going to bring up something that happened 20 years ago. My God, when is it enough enough? Enough's got to be enough. Don't remind me of what I did 20 years ago because if you keep reminding me, if you keep telling me, what you're doing is painting a picture for me. And the truth of the matter is, if you don't want me to do it again, quit reminding me of it. See, y'all are laughing, but you know I'm telling you the truth. And I'm going to tell you something. There are some people like my, like my wife, she don't forget nothing. If you think she forgets, she don't. Because she reminds me often of what happened 20 years ago. What I mean by that, some people don't forget. And don't y'all laugh. Guarantee you, you got that knack. You can remember. But really, growth doesn't come because you have remembered something. Growth comes because you see something. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Kenny, if me and you, if you and I got into the past, that we'd have a whole lot of mess, wouldn't we? Here's this verse I like, verse 19. See, I am doing a new thing. I'm not going to dwell with the past because I'm doing a new thing. Everybody say a new thing. I'm doing it God's way, and God's way is always a new thing. Why is it in our Christian walk, in our walk with the Lord, why don't we think that way? That we can't be from year to year just try to do the same old stuff. Be different. Show the Lord that you can change. I love that. See, I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up, and do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. I'm doing a new thing. You may think it's I'm dead. You may think I'm down and out. You may think it's, I'm a desert and a wasteland, but God's going to bring forth new life. But, Bishop, I don't understand. How can I forget 
which is so much a part of my life. You don't know the marriage I had before. You don't know the abuse I went through before. You don't know what was said to me before. Ask yourself this question. Why then is it still a part of your life? Because you wanted it there. You reminded yourself. I'll never remind you. Let me tell you something. The church is suffering right now because people are reminding people of their past sins. Does anybody know an entertainer called Snoop Dogg? But Snoop Dogg was asked, what do you think is wrong with the church? I listened to him. Here's what Snoop Dogg said. Snoop Dogg said, the problem with the church is they need to open their arms and quit being so judgmental. He said, because the sinner needs help. He said, there are people that need help. They don't need to be judged. They don't need to be reminded about their past. They need to see their future. And that's what Snoop Dogg said. And if he's speaking from the world's perspective, we better hear that. Amen. 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 Which has always been my stance. People will come to me and say, Bishop, you don't know what, you don't know what I did. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Because if God doesn't want to know, why do I want to know? Does that make sense? If God doesn't want to know, why do I want to know? I don't mind sharing it with praying for you, but the truth of the matter is, it doesn't matter if I know it or not. Because God knows everything. So why is it still a part of your life? And I'm going to ask you this. If it is a part of your life, what's breathing life into it? What is breathing life into it? Because something's doing it. Something's resuscitating it. Something's putting the life paddles on it and bringing it back. What's happening? If the answer is you so you're talking to moi? If the answer is you, which I believe it to be, then this is something you need to hear. 1 Peter 2.9 in the King James Version. But you are a chosen generation. Now, don't never make a mistake of what he's saying here. I've preached this all over the world. I mean all over the world. I've preached in some of the largest campuses in the world. Bible schools, I've preached this. Classes, I've preached this. In Russia, I've preached this. You've got to have to hear me, and I'm not going to be able to explore this verse like we may in the next few weeks. But he says in 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen generation. Who's he talking to? Who? Come on. Us. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation. I'm just going to read this now. I'm not going to give you the definition. I may wait till next week to do that. Really break it down. A peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who's called you out of darkness, the past, the past into his marvelous light, which in time past you were not even a people. But now you're the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Church, people of God, hear me today. We are God's new thing. We are God's new creation. We are God's new people, man and woman, boy and girl. What are you saying? I'm saying we are his new type. 
Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. All things are new. I'll end with this statement. We are a group of people, Gerald. We, you. We are a group of people called to an uncommon purpose with an uncommon faith. 